Are you not entertained? Are you telling me you built a time machine? What about the DeLorean? The Statue of Liberty is kaput. Disconcerting. Take your sticking paws off me, you damn dirty ape. Welcome to the Cine Siblings Podcast, the podcast where two brothers mock draft a topic within film. I'm Ian. And I'm James. And James, what are we drafting tonight? All right, tonight we are drafting iconic movie weapons. James, what makes a movie weapon iconic to you? Well, I, I got the question of what does iconic mean? Something that captures the minds and imagination of a lot of people. It is not something that is just cool. It's not something that's just novel. It's not something that is like, oh yeah, I kind of remember seeing that. It's that, man, no, that that is cool. This is the kind of things that kids drool over to get the toy version of. This is the kind mm-hmm. of things that adults want to buy the replica of this is when you find the movie plot movie props and you're like oh man this this is what i craved as a kid when i first saw this movie that is iconic yeah for sure and uh i in my i think in my head it's one of those things that it when you see it you know where it's from you know what movie it's from you know who wields this weapon and uh, looking at my list, you automatically know where they, these things are from. True. And there's a ton of them. And I'm sure a lot of them are going to be left off. We can only take 10. But the first three are going to belong somewhere else. And our new segment, Jamie, tell us about our new segment. We are in for season two. We are going to institute a new segment called Kid Picks, where we get a kid's opinion. And today we have my son, alias Luke Skywalker. Say hi, hey. Luke. Hey, Luke. All right, dude. So these, you're going to pick three iconic movie weapons, right? Yeah. You're going to tell us and, about them. And then you're going to tell us about them. And we cannot pick these. So if they're in my list, uh, you're, you're, you're stealing them from me, or you're stealing them from your dad, right? Yep. All right, so give us your, your first number one iconic movie weapon. Uh, my number one is Stormbreaker. From Infinity War? Yeah. Okay. It's on, it was... Uh, I think it's cool that you get to, like, there's, like, a whole story of how Stormbreaker is made and with Mjolnir it's just like he just has it the first time you see him uh I like how Stormbreaker like is made with Groot's arms the talking tree is like the handle and the head of the double-sided axe I think Stormbreaker is better than Mjolnir because one, it's like sharp and Mjolnir is like just like smooth and hard. Uh, one thing good about both of them is they both can like wield lightning and Thor needs them to like fly. So 
that's a few of the reasons I why I like Stormbreaker. And Sweet. uh yep. Yeah. Sweet. Uh I love Stormbreaker. The first time you see it in action, you don't know if it, you see Groot do it and you see him grasp it and it kind of, kind of comes back to life after he expends all his energy. But when it flies through the, it can also summon the Bifrost so he can use it to teleport. So, so the first time you see it in action, it summons the Bifrost. It lands in Wakanda during that huge battle and he comes in to save the day with Rocket and Groot. And it's seriously the I think it's the best moment in the entire film. Um, goosebumps every time I get goosebumps just talking about it. And for sure, this is definitely a worthy uh, pick. You know, it's only been in two movies so far, but when you see it, you definitely go, "That's Stormbreaker. That's awesome!" And I, I love the I love it. I love the pick. Nice. Yeah, I agree. I asked. Uh, I'm more of a Mjolnir guy, but um, Stormbreaker is, is definitely a good one. Uh, and I think probably more powerful, but doesn't have the same kind of iconic rules that Mjolnir has. But it's right. definitely more of, I think, more of a comic book origin uh, kind of thing rather than Mjolnir, which comes from the mythology. But good. Yeah. All right. So, Lou, oh, what's your... I, hold on, hold on, hold on. What? I just want to mention that the ending of Infinity War when it... It goes toe to toe with all six Infinity Stones in the Infinity Gauntlet and hits Thanos in the chest. Um, it's pretty a pretty pretty powerful weapon. Probably one of the most powerful weapons in the entire uh, oh absolutely Marvel universe. Yeah, awesome. All right, Luke, what's your number two? Uh, probably like Ray's lightsaber. Uh, I like how it was like passed down to three different people, uh, Anakin Skywalker, Luke Skywalker, and Rey. I like, um, I like, I, it's okay. that's all I wrote. Yeah, well, it's okay. So the hero saber. That's Is that what they what call it, it now? That's, that's kind of the moniker because it, it ta- it's, it's been passed down in three different Star Wars trilogies. Yeah. Uh, first from Anakin to Luke to Ray. I mean, definitely an awesome, awesome, also an awesome pick because um, it is it has, the first lightsaber it, we see. It is, yeah, it is such a storied lightsaber, and it's the first one we see. It's not, and and then um, it's lost and brought back, and blah blah blah. But there's a little controversy with this being like the youngling slayer 5000 in in the hands of anakin but <laughs> but definitely definitely a worthy pick well yeah the, you know and and when he he said it's, it's ray's lightsaber I, I immediately i'm like no it's luke's lightsaber and then i go well it's that's, also anakin's lightsaber too but so, that's the that's the beauty of star wars is that it's multi-generational mm-hmm. it's you know we grew up with uh you know, watching the old, what they were old that when we were kids, we grew up watching the the original trilogy, but we were kids when the sequ- when the prequels came out. So we're like technically the prequel generation and now the sequel generation is coming out when uh, he's, you know, a kid and that's, that's his Star Wars, you know, like that's what he, he's growing up with. So 
along with the Mandalorian and all the other like side side movies. But yeah, we had we had the Ewoks, the Ewok <laughs> Caravan of Courage. Ewok. <laughs> I'll show you sometime. <laughs> I think they've been mentioned in a book or something like that. They were they after the Battle of Endor that they these are canonically made in the Star Wars universe, but they were like these kind of movies that exist inside the Star Wars universe. Oh, funny. That's yeah. cute. Like they're on TV somewhere. Interesting. Right. Huh. All right. Luke, All right. what is your third and final iconic movie weapon? Uh, my last one is Captain America's shield. Uh, I mean, Heck yeah. I like how, like, Tony Stark's dad, uh, I forgot his name. Howard Stark. Howard Stark made it for, uh, Captain America, yep. and, uh, I like how Captain America's able to, like, throw it, and then it'll come back, uh, to him, um, I also like how in the end of Endgame, I like how, uh, like, he, he comes back of, like, an old version of him, and then he, uh, he passes it down to the Falcon. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. Basically is, making it another multi-generational weapon, yeah. like the Hero Saber, too. Right, this is going to be, you know sort of a legacy thing and it's traditionally a shield isn't a weapon but in this case in this case my dad says it's a defensive weapon it's a okay yeah it's not a traditional weapon like you would think like a shield is meant for defense and that's kind of what captain america does is that he uses his shield to defend and to defend what you know america is is that's what his purpose is that's why he doesn't use well, guns and blah 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 yeah, but but uh, still captain america does use it as a weapon like it it's yeah sharp it's but it's not it is a non-lethal weapon it's more about the symbolism of it being kind of defensive right um, and yeah. this is this is i think out of it's definitely on a, on my list but I think out of all of these weapons, this is the most symbolic um, of the character that is wielding it, almost. Uh, well, so, yeah, that's another thing. I mean, shields, even you know, from very early, probably since antiquity, if you look at the, the Spartans, where they had the, the large lambda, the, you know, on their shields, you know, for Lycodemonia, which was the Greek word for Sparta. You know, and in the Middle Ages, they wore their coats of arms on those those shields. It was identifying. So yeah, shield is shields are and have been and continue to be these great symbolic pieces um, because you can throw art on them. And I think yeah, Captain America's shield is certainly you know overtly symbolic. I love. Uh... That thing doesn't obey the laws of physics at all. (laughs) Is what Spider-Man says as he throws it around and it bounces, bounces, like ricochets off of everything and he catches it. 
But um, as you can see in, in Black Panther, things that are made out of vibranium, they just work because it's vibranium. Right, yeah. So, all right. Anything else? <laughs> Luke? No. Luke Skywalker. All right. All right. That will conclude our Kid Pick segment. Okay. Thanks, buddy. Say bye. Bye. Have a good night's sleep. Awesome. So let's get into the draft. But first, let's play the game to see who goes first. The, duck, the deck is shuffled, and we are going to do Brad Pitt movies. Oh, man. Bradley Pitley. Uh, James, right. go first. Legends of the Fall. Seven. Fight Club. Mm, sleepers. Troy. Ad Astra. What's that? Um, uh, the curious it. case of Benjamin Button. Um, true Romance. Uh, don't, the Interview with the Vampire. Ooh, that was my next one. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Oh, I, I I lose, I lose. Oh, okay. I got it, I got it, I got it. Ocean's Eleven. Okay, okay. Oh, I'm not gonna be that guy and get a sequel. Uh, is he in the sequel? Yeah, Ocean's Twelve. <laughs> Ocean's Thirteen. <laughs> uh, burn after reading. All right, I lose. And glorious bastards. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. I get first pick. Ooh. All right. All right, and just to just to remind everybody, Stormbreaker, the Hero Saber, and Captain America's Shield have already been drafted by Luke. The kid in the kid picks segment. Right. All right. So let's get into round one. Round one. And my first round pick definitely is, you know, akin to one of the kid picks, but it's Luke's green lightsaber. This is Luke's lightsaber. He built it himself. And uh, what you see it in one of the deleted scenes in Return of the Jedi. And but the first time we see it, it is being shot out of R two D two, and to battle on Jabba's sail barge. Yep. Okay, that's, I, I see it. And, and made all the more iconic in recent uh, Mandalorian lore now with, with the, the season two finale. So, and, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. In, in the lead up to The Last Jedi, hashtag Ignite the Green was everywhere they wanted to see luke light up his green lightsaber again and i mean this is it's just so it's just so good but this is also we talked about a little bit with captain america shield that it's a jedi you know it's defensive as a jedi's weapon is supposed to be sort of this the guardian's weapon but this is the lightsaber he throws aside 
when he ends this this cycle of violence and uh, in his battle with Darth Vader and the Emperor, he throws it aside. And I think that just makes it all the more uh, iconic for me. But when you see that green lightsaber, you immediately think Luke Skywalker because he's the only one, I mean, in the original trilogy, it's the only green lightsaber you see. Um, and it was new and different and awesome uh, when you see it in Return of the Jedi mm -hmm. for the first time. You're like, oh, yep. it's green, you know. Right. Like. Yeah, and um, one one of the things that that's that kind of separates lightsabers from swords, and this is coming from me as a swordsman and also a Star Wars, you know, nerd too. Is lightsabers are like you were talking about. They're also defensive, and it's not just some, you know kind of quasi-philosophical idea that we're supposed to have about the Jedi, but they deflect laser bolts. Um, yep. You know, so it, it is, they are actually used defensively. There's no Jedi shield that we know about. Um, so, you know, we have that going for us. Yeah, so that's my first round pick. Uh, Luke Skywalker's green lightsaber from the return of the Jedi awesome. or just return return of the Jedi, whatever. Yeah. All right. So I am going to venture out and pick my number one pick from the greatest fantasy epic, the one ring. Sauron's oh, 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 snap. I didn't Nope. Not like I have 800 weapons written down and that wasn't either. A single one of them. The one ring to rule them all. One ring to find them. One ring to bring them all. And in the darkness, bind them. In the land of Mordor, where the shadows lie. This is the central MacGuffin for the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy. It is... Can I get it in Mordor, though? Kimbatul. Uh, yeah, I can do it, but do, 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 do people really want to hear me do it? Do I, do I need to out myself as that big of a nerd? Um, nerd alert. Nerd alert. But yes, um, the it, it's and, and the thing is, is it's not even seen to be used as the weapon that it is. But really, that's kind of the case with so many different things, but we know its potency is ever present and it's almost a character rather than a weapon, but that sentience doesn't suddenly make something not a weapon. So, and it, and it's only even hinted at, um, but yeah. <laughs> I see you. Yeah, but that's supposed to be Sauron in the film, but I'm excited to be able to even draft this one because uh, the films are really quite good. Um, but and there's a lot of weapons from the Lord of the Rings universe you can pick from. Yeah, I actually tried to pick one for, one per franchise this time. I, yeah, I kind of did the same thing. But okay, we'll see if we, we'll see if we conflict or if, if we were driven to another choice. Yeah. All right, so uh, snake draft. I've got number two pick. Round two. <laughs> All right, so my number two pick, my Star Wars pick, is Vader's lightsaber. The red. The red. 
So we see this, it, it's almost not, I almost didn't pick it, but it was my first lightsaber pick. And I think it was because the red was so symbolic of the evil that Vader was supposed to be representing. And, you know, but, but I also was thinking, well, Vader was not just about the lightsaber. He did the, you know, the force choke and the, you know, the... He, Could we have taken the force here? No, I don't think <laughs> so. Um, yeah, just because something's deadly doesn't mean that it's a weapon. Um, a marine. It doesn't mean a marine can't use it as a weapon. <laughs> I'm talking like <laughs> they are considered deadly weapons, right? Uh, Navy SEAL. Sure. Anyway, I, I don't disagree, but I, I really think it's it is the Vader's lightsaber is the weapon of one of the most iconic villains of all time, um, and it really it sets the the tone for all the Sith and the dark Jedi and the assassins that come out, you know, to have this red lightsaber. I can't remember what the um, force sensitive assassins were called right now, <laughs> but um, the inquisitors. Yeah. That one, you know, the, basically the ones who were hunting down the Jedis and stuff. Um, you know, it's like, it sets the tone for all that. And quite frankly, after empire strikes back, if you, if you don't look at that, weapon and then you know coming back in what's the weapon that faces our first two iconic hero lightsabers with with the original hero saber and then the green one it's the one that meets it in opposition every time is darth vader's saber and so, it, it kind of mirrors or you know is a dark mirror image of the original the blue hero saber right like the hilt is they they are crafted in the same exact way both crafted by anakin skywalker um spoiler alert uh wait anakin skywalker is i am your father yeah so uh Ah. but it's like this black and gunmetal silver sort of Mm. you know mirror image of this uh all silver hilted uh blue lightsaber but yeah i actually never noticed that they were um they were basically constructed in the same way. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. good well, attention to detail. Yeah, for sure. So right. it's time for my number two pick. And this one is not only a weapon, but it also is a tool that its wielder can use over and over and over as different things. And it is Indiana Jones's whip. Jacked. <laughs> yes, dude. Like that. I mean, it doesn't get much more iconic than this. I'm kind of bummed out at you now. Right, <laughs> like lightsabers. Obviously, you know exactly where that's from. But Indiana Jones's whip is just so uh, quintessential to his character. Now, the hat, mm-hmm. the whip. You know, you could put on. Any, like, this kind of disheveled-looking dress clothes, have a hat and a whip, and you are Indiana Jones for Halloween. And You've done that know, for Halloween. <laughs> oh, I did a little more in-depth, but yeah. Um, but, yeah, Indiana Jones' whip is my number two pick. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it, it's something that's actually inspired other things. I feel like it's inspired video games, so, like, Pitfall. You know, 
the character swings across pits with a whip. It's mm-hmm. like, that's the, you know, the old Atari game for those of you uninitiated. And I, I feel like even maybe in some ways has, has inspired other things like, uh, like Bionic Commando or the, um, I can't remember the, the weapons name in Metroid where you, but it's the same thing you you swing across these things. And I don't know, I don't know how much exactly it's got, uh, the influence on, but those things are happening around the same time. Pitfall, I'm sure of that it's, that it's inspired. But what about, like, what about, uh, the Castlevania series, like the Belmont's whips and stuff? That, that's possible. Yeah. Cause that's too, more of a but, weapon. Right. Well, well, with, with the Belmont's and Castlevania and, and I'm also, you know, we're, we're both like video game nerds too. So like, I, th- I think that they, they definitely play a role in having, uh, I, I don't think that if Indiana Jones lacked a whip that we would have the whip in Castlevania. Although I may be wrong and I, I am open to correction on it. I just don't think that we would have that. Um, Cause a whip is not exactly a, considered a potent type of weapon um right it's it's it it is a tool it was designed to be a tool you know to drive cattle he's basically using a bull whip or it is Mm -hmm. a bull whip you know that's to drive bulls so i love it i I think it's it was on my list totally jacked it was in my top five so totally jacked me yeah all right all right round three Three. Round three. So it's my turn, right? Yep. All right, dude. I'm going to take a superhero weapon here. Sneaked. Wolverine's claws. No, I didn't go with Mjolnir. I'm going with Wolverine's claws because every kid, every kid, every adult can pretend by putting three fingers up that they have Wolverine's claws is the easy <laughs> or or you get three pens or pencils and you could shove them between your fingers and you got and you got Wolverine's claws um it's I mean like I said with Indiana Jones's whip and you know a Jedi's lightsaber see yeah see everybody can do it mm-hmm. and it's uh Wolverine's claws are essential to his character. You know, even if they're sure. the the adamantium version or the bone claws, um, he he's got. I mean, the, this is iconic. Everybody knows who Wolverine is. Everybody knows he's got three claws that come up out of, between his knuckles, and it just doesn't get much more iconic than that. I agree. Me. I agree. the The difference, of course, is that. The difference between Wolverine's claws and many of these other weapons that we're going to be drafting and have drafted is Wolverine's claws can't really be passed down. Although, of course, in Logan, we see that they have a kind of a genetic, uh, mm-hmm. a, yeah. a, a genetic descendant, let's yeah. say. So, um, you know, it, it has a, a what we would call, I guess, a, a spiritual uh, or not even real spiritual. It's totally genetic. It passed down, but she's got you know, two. She's only got two. Right. They're different. And she's got, but they're the, they're, 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 de- they're definitely and directly inspired and directly oh, yeah. from X23 so, has a, uh, she's got a foot claw too. Then. Ooh, I forgot yeah. about that, but yeah, you're yeah. right. 
It's pretty cool. Yeah. So Wolverine's yeah. Claws from the X-Men series um, is my number three pick. Okay. All right. My number three pick. And I was also going comics, and I thought you were going to steal it, but I am going Mjolnir. Mew, Mew. Now, look, the, the thing about this is that myth meets comic books meets action flicks in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mjolnir is, it, it's it, the, the, the legend of the weapon or the myth of the weapon, uh, it's, it's portrayed so wonderfully, but it's literally iconic in that it's, I mean, it's a symbol of Norse paganism now, like neo-paganism. Um, you know, people wear that just like you see Christians wear crosses and, um, you know, of, of various ilks and, uh, you know, Jews might identify with stars of David and uh, Muslims with the crescent moon and, and star, uh, you know, so it's, it's got some iconography, like literal religious iconography going with it. Right. Um, and, and it's an odd weapon. And even in the mythology, it's, it's said to, its handle is shorter than it was intended to be. Um, and that's basically kind of why the weapon is imperfect. Um, and basically kind of why one of the reasons I think that only um, Thor can actually wield it in the mythology speaking. But in the, in the in film, it's fun. And it's been this kind of long going thing where, oh, well, you know, from Age of Ultron, where they all, that's a, the, the amazing scene where, you know, they all, all the Avengers have this, you know, they're at the party and they're trying to lift the hammer. Yeah. And then, you know, and then we get the payoff at on an end game mm-hmm. um, where finally Captain America shows that, yes, he is worthy to wield Mjolnir. Um, and, you know, and, and we have that in the comics too, where, you know, you have Beta Ray Bill first. And I think in the comics, you do also get Captain America and probably Jane, some others. Jane uh, Foster. Yeah, Jane Foster does which i think we'll see as well and thor um, love and thunder coming to you soon yeah so and we'll Ish. see if we'll see if that's any good or not i don't know you know it's kind of like well let's see what what marvel does uh coming out but mjolnir is definitely my uh a good strong number three pick for me but like Mjolnir has all these incredible moments too, which is, you know, why it makes it a worthy pick for sure. It's on my short list, but mm-hmm. uh, not in my top five. But I mean, when he throws Mjolnir and Hulk catches it out of the air and it takes him, it takes the, Hulk, the mighty, the incredible Hulk with him and right. he can't pick it back up. Um, I wanted in the film, I wanted Thanos to try to pick it up. Uh, Ooh, that would have it. Have him, oh, wait, like, I think he quick, does. No, he doesn't have him quickly real no because i was like oh he's gonna pick it up and it's gonna fail but they were like it's already been done we did that with the hulk oh okay um and then in the first avengers movie also it's when he like smacks it against um cap shield and they figure out that it it creates this big you know sonic vibration and we get the payoff at the end you know in the the battle scene well well, i think they do yeah they do it in age of ultron they they figured out how to work together as a team using the, the hammer and the shield Right. Uh, excellent. Yeah. Uh, excellent pick. Round four. All right. So my number four pick, then, since you took Indiana Jones's web, 
I am going with the phoenix-tailed wand, Harry Potter's wand. Not um, the elder wand. No, absolutely not. Okay. I'm going with the phoenix-tailed wand, and I'll tell you why. Well, first of all, all the wands in Harry Potter are tools as well as weapons. They're, they're not necessarily weapons, but they can certainly be used as. And I think that's the case, say, with most tools. Um, I think very few things uh, necessarily have to be used as weapons. Um, I think swords, I think, are one of the, the things that basically they don't have much other use than weapons, you know, or ceremony, but say axes, for instance, in various iterations, you know, tool and weapon, hammers, same thing. Anyway, so the Phoenix Wand or Harry Potter's Wand is present throughout the entire, what, what, septology? Is that what you'd call the seven books or? Saga. Uh, yeah, the saga, the octology, if you're talking about the films. Um, and it's present the whole way through. Uh, whereas the Elder One kind of shows, uh, sh well, it's kind of been there, but we don't really know what it was until the last, the end of it. Um, but we know from the get-go that the Phoenix Wand or, or Harry Potter's Wand, that the sibling wand is the one that gave Harry the scar. It's Voldemort's wand. So it's got that. Curious. Right. Very curious. Oh, John Hurt. Um, rest, anyway. rest in peace, buddy. So we have this really, I mean, that makes it iconic to me. And so also when my son, we took him to Universal and we decided that, hey, you know what? We're gonna splurge and we're gonna let him get that, uh, pick a wand out that kind of interacts with all the stuff. And um, the wand that he chose was the Harry Potter wand. So to me, I mean, it's kind of like, okay, well, you know, a lot of the times we don't get a, a real sense of what the wands actually look like, but I mean, that one, I, I really see it as being um, iconic. Yeah. So that's me my and me and the wife, well, the first time we went to Harry Potter world, we wanted to get replicas of the wands mm -hmm. of our favorite characters. So we, we don't have Harry Potter's wand. We have, she has um, Hermione's. No, I can't think of his name. Holy moly, the prisoner of Azkaban. Oh, Sirius Black. He's got. She's got Sirius Black. I cannot believe she's going to kill me. <laughs> and I've got Severus Snape's wand. Oh, nice. Yeah. So yeah, the Phoenix Tail wand is dope, and it's that, and you get that moment in the first uh in the first film when he's in the one in all of andrew's wand shop mm -hmm. when he when he gets it it's a great scene and it's yeah. full of wonder and that's one of the things i really like about the first film is it's really kind of you know the plots okay but the the and uh, honestly i really thought watching the plot that it was hagrid as, as the villain you know the very first time i ever watched it because i watched the film before i ever watched the or ever read watched, the books. You watched the book? Yeah, before I watched the books. Before I ever read the books. Um, but then I ended up 
catching up on the books before the films came out. Um, I think probably before the fourth one, maybe, I don't know, doesn't matter. But like that scene where the, the, you know, he's in the wand shop, it's just such an introduction to the world and the whole idea that the, you know, the expansion of the wand lore and everything like that. You know, maybe I wish happened a little bit earlier, but it kind of makes sense given the age of the characters and things like that. So anyway, that's my go. And I believe we're on round five. I didn't get a round four pick, bro. Oh, it's round Chill four. Out. My bad. So that's before we uh, head into round four. I mean, head into round five. I actually get a fourth pick. Man. Um, no, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need it. No, you're good. I'm good. Uh, so I tried to make my top... 10 top five is like you know you see it you know who where it where it comes from mm-hmm. and my number four pick is certainly no exception um and uh, i want to preface it by saying i love horror movies um and i i absolutely think this is one of the most creative weapons in horror movies and it's freddy krueger's glove you jacked me <laughs> Yes, Freddy Krueger's glove from the Nightmare on Elm Street series is so sweet, dude. Like it, and it lends itself to all the creative in dream murders that he <laughs> perpetrates continuously right to now. these teenagers. Um, I, I, I literally, years, buddy. In 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 my notes, I I wrote iconic horror. Scream! Yes, <laughs> but it, it yeah, and that's another thing. It it. it it's a weapon that he obviously uses to murder people with, uh, but it's also just lends itself to creepy noises and ugh. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. Anybody yeah, who the takes full, nails on a chalkboard, it, it the foley knows. art they did with that is just the yeah. kiss. It's beautiful, um, frightening, and I mean, it, it literally is iconic. You know, you could go. Because I was like, I really should pick something, you know, from the slashers, and I'm like, going, okay, well, a knife, you know, you know horror, uh, uh, you know, horror movies, are, you know, kind of a lot of a lot of mundane weapons. And it's like Jason's machete. No, that's so bland. And then, then it's like Freddy's glove. That's perfect. It doesn't like. There's no. There's no other horror weapon that is more iconic, right? Because machete is uh, just a machete, right? This is something he made. Okay, so, and I guess we can call it an honorable mention because the, the one that I almost picked, and it's not on my list, it's not on my next list, any, or my next number, whatever, was, um, you know, Bruce Chainsaw Camp- Arm? Yeah, Chainsaw, Chainsaw Arm. Chainsaw Arm. <laughs> yeah, it's, always, it's on my short list. Yeah, Bruce Campbell's evil, you know, playing that role. So I, I that one that's the only one other one that's unique enough to really kind of stand out as an iconic sort of weapon for a horror flick so all right now you're number five let's head into round five round five all right i'm you know the dc fanboy inside of me is telling me to go dc oh yeah i'm yeah i'm not i'm not gonna do it Mm. I'll save it for my uh, for my bench warmers. I'm gonna go. <clears throat> it's a mouthful. Anduriel, the flame of the West, reforged from the shards of Narsil, the blade that was broken, 
the sword that cut the ring from Sauron's hand. Aragorn, a.k.a. Aragorn's sword from Lord of the Rings. Indeed. It's a beautiful, beautiful choice. Yeah, and well, there are tons of replicas of this floating around. You see one on somebody's wall and you go, hey. Yeah. That's Aragorn's sword. Most people would just go, hey, that's Aragorn's sword. Maybe because of the promotional material for Return of the King, it was just him holding the sword. Um, but yeah. yeah. It's, I agree. Uh, I agree. Definitely. It's a good choice. I think it's the, uh, I mean, yeah, the one ring is is what it is, but out of like the more traditional weapons in the in the saga, you it was either, for me, it was either Andoriel or uh, Sting. You've right. seen it before, haven't you? Yeah, Sting. Sting is the one I thought might go because it it did get it the glows and the, you know like it's definitely cool. I, I I like it and and it it was on my short list, but I, I wanted to to stick to one one weapon from per franchise, um, and so I'm not going to take that for my pick. So, are we ready for my pick? We are ready for your pick. All right, so my round five pick. Since you jacked Freddy's glove, you've jacked Indiana Jones's whip. I still have a good one, and I, I mean, there's tons of good ones. There's tons of good ones, but and I'm glad I get to to use this one. But it is out of a franchise that I think is fun, but sometimes is a little bit mixed. Uh, is the proton pack from Ghostbusters. I knew you were going to say it. Uh, when you said a little bit mixed. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I love me some Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray and, yeah, in, in particular. But uh, the film's just the, the first two, let's say. The first two were, were particularly good. And honestly, um, as, you know, as cheesy as they are, if... You have people who do Ghostbusters reenactments and stuff for parades. We get them all over here for Mardi Gras and St. Patrick's Day parades and stuff, which are St. Patrick's Day parades down here, pretty much Mardi Gras parades with just green. Um, and so it, it's one of those things that's obviously speaks to people, sticks on people. It's kind of a unique weapon in that like it's, it's geared for a particular thing and it only really works for a particular thing. And that is ghosts. Um, ectoplasm. Ectoplasm. So, you know, it's, it's fun. And um, it, it, I think it's truly iconic in cinema and, you know, with all the spinoffs and everything like that, it's not just, we, we, I mean, we had this, we had the Nerf version of this as kids. Um, I don't we? remember. Yep, I don't. We had one. We didn't have two to shoot at each other. We had one, hmm. um, and well, I had it. I don't remember. You were pretty little, yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, this was another one of those weapons that, like, at least kids who grew up, you know, late '80s or early '90s, you know, were really, uh, really close to. And of course, I know they're they're kind of doing it not a not a full reboot, but now they're really kind of taking the sequels um, away away from the reboot uh, version and back to the the original two. Make um, it more of a legacy film, yeah. Right, the, yeah, that's a good way to put it, legacy film. Um, and so, 
I, th I think that's probably a better thing to say than a sequel for some things like this, where you wait like 30 years, um, but whatever. So yeah, I think the proton packs are going to come back and be even more uh, present in the here and now than they were before. Sweet. I always think of when I, I when I think of Ghostbusters, I think of a little ghost trap. But yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but yeah, proton packs are sweet. So I jacked you twice. You did. But then so again, let's go. That, that's revenge for, for the Disney draft. Bro, you, <laughs> you got me bad on that. Everybody got me on that one. Yeah. Um, let's uh, recap our top fives. Let's go do ahead. it. All right. I, James, my top five iconic movie weapons. Number one, the one ring. Number two, Darth Vader's lightsaber. Number three, Thor's Mjolnir, number four, the Phoenix Wand of Harry Potter, and number five, the Ghostbusters Proton Pack. And I, Ian, picked number one, Luke's green lightsaber. Number two, Indiana Jones's whip. Number three, Wolverine's claws. Number four, Freddy Krueger's glove. And number five, Andoriel, the flame of the West, reforged from the shards of Narsil, the blade that was broken, the sword that cut the ring from Sauron's hand. Beautiful. I did it again. <laughs> <laughs> I could have swore I was going to mess it up. But I wrote the whole thing out, and I was like, I'm going to say the entire thing. Andoriel. Nice. All right, let's do two, one. No, two. Okay, fine. I was going to say three because this is pretty pretty quick. But yeah, so I jacked you twice. Go hit me with an honorable mention first. Uh, or a bench warmer. Okay, so I'm gonna do. Well, I already kind of kind of did it, but uh, so I'm gonna go to James Bond, the Golden Gun. The Golden Gun. The Golden Gun from. The man, the man with, with the golden gun. gun. <laughs> so this, this one, you know, it, it, the gun can become all sorts of different, you know, whatever. It's like kind of like assembles to whatever it is. But the um, really my introduction to this was GoldenEye's uh, the N64 game. So like where it was uh, one shot and it, and it would kill you. So, one shot, one kill. Yeah. yeah, that was the golden gun rule, though, even if you weren't playing one shot, one kill. So it, it kind of has one bullet in the chamber. But anyway, it's an iconic movie weapon that I thought would be uh, fun to include in an honorable mention. For sure. Uh, as you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, I have quite a list here. Yeah. Um, and it's gonna be hard to pick one. Um, man. Do you want me to go? Yeah, you can take another one. All right. I was going to go Men in Black's Noisy Cricket. All right. I don't have to take it. <laughs> All right. So uh, that one's fun. It It's like, it's kind of almost a throwaway gag in the film, but it's just one of those things that sticks with you. I guess maybe if you watched it as a kid and it's one of those things of, you know, big things come in small packages. You know, I, there's a lot of things that you could take, but... Noisy Crick is just a fun one for an honorable mention. 
Yeah, for sure. You want to do another one? Not re- really, but okay. Like, like you got Conan's sword, you got He-Man's sword. Except for the problem is, is that all the He-Man stuff is like really garbage for cinema. Yeah, the Highlander katana. <sighs> no, why is a Highlander wielding a katana? Like I'm literally a broadswordsman. Like I do basket hilted broadswords. Broad well, okay. no, no, that is it. Doesn't make sense. I don't care why. It's just this katana fanboy crap that I don't. I'm not a fan. But it was given to him. It wasn't his original sword. It, it was Sean Connery's. He's a Scotsman playing a Spaniard playing an Egyptian. Why is he wielding a katana? I don't get it. If he was wielding a kopesh, great. He fell in love with a Japanese woman and his father, her father gave him the sword. Have you watched the movie? Okay. But yeah, that's not my choice. I just wanted to talk about it real quick. <laughs> uh, I'll, take, I'll take set phasers to stun Star Trek. I did have that. I did have that on my. I'll take the phaser from list. Star Trek. So, uh, and, yeah, I mean, I mean, just an awesome, awesome uh, piece of tech from the Star Trek series. We we gave Star Wars lots of love, but Star Trek's pretty pretty got some pretty cool stuff too. Well, I think one of the th- the fun things about Star Trek, particularly like with the tricorders, is that like our cell phones do more than their tricorders did if they had the proper attachments for a lot of the, the things, like. But Star Trek has done a lot to make uh, technology, like kind of a focus of where technology can go. And I think that's, that's cool. So phasers, cool, bring it on. All right. Especially you, may, you may be able to nix me on this one, but the utility belt from Batman. Eh, I would have said you should have gone Batarang, but I don't yeah, care. Yeah, that's what the I wrote, Batarangs. Belt. The Batarangs are in the utility belt. Sure. It's, either that, it's either that or Lasso of Truth for me. Um, but yeah, so Batarangs slash utility belt. You got smoke bombs, you got everything you could ever need in the utility belt. I'm down with it. for At least for an honorable mention in particular. I mean, come on. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, no, I think that's good. Um, but... I'm sure we've left off some great iconic weapons and, you know, even with our rapid fire, you know, throwing. Tori Hanzo sword. Kill yeah. Bill. Uh, well, there's also, you know, this was it the sword of truth from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? Uh, the green destiny sword. Destiny That's sword. A, what? Sword, sword of truth. Is that, is that Shira? I can't remember. Uh, Hansel's DL44. I couldn't remember the, the number designation, but. Uh, Spider-Man's web shooters. Flip. Yeah, well, you also got the the um, the <laughs> the the what is it? The forty four Magnum from a uh, forty four Magnum, Dirt, Dirty Harry, the most powerful handgun in the world. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm surprised you took Mjolnir over like Iron Man's suit. Mjolnir has a more storied history in mythology, and sure. I think that it's more fun. I love Iron Man's suit. Don't get me wrong, but it's also constantly changing, so I almost don't feel like it's the same weapon. Iron Man is Tony Stark. Tony Stark is Iron Man. I don't care uh, what anybody says. It's not, he's not the suit. The suit's not him. They are one and the same. So, like, it doesn't, it's almost not a weapon in a sense because it's like constantly evolving. Yeah, and it's constantly being cast off and improved upon. Like he's not a very sentimental, nostal- guy. yeah, sentimental guy. I was going to say nostalgic, but it's really sentimental. Um, like it's 
And, and that's one of the things I've seen in the films. It's like, okay, well, like he got, his suit failed at this point in the last thing. And then like the next film that he's in, like the suit does this and it, and it kind of adjusts for that last thing. So I really do like that. But yeah, don't get me wrong. I love the Iron Man suit. Um, even the, like the original Iron Man suit, I think it's totally could, could be in there. But I think Mjolnir, because of its mythological pedigree, wins out. And I, I was trying to, to stick with one per franchise. William Wallace's sword. Yeah, okay, fine. Excalibur. Yeah, but there's so many different iterations of it, and none of them are particularly great in film. Aquaman's trident. That's more of a comic book thing. He's only got yeah. one or two movies. Chewbacca's bowcaster. Mm, I mean, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those are. I mean, I don't. I don't feel. I don't feel like they 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 beat out some of the things that we picked. Yeah, Maximus's gladius from uh, was cool, and the PP seven. The PP seven is one I really wanted to take as a. uh, But you did golden gun, so I figured I'll go. I'll go somewhere else. Um, Right. I went with the phaser. So, but yeah. PP7 is all the more iconic because of Goldeneye, right? Like the silence PP7? Yeah. No, I agree. Maybe it is more iconic than the Golden Gun since that was really only from one film. Right. That's what I was thinking. But anyway, um, yeah. That's a a wrap on our iconic movie weapons draft. Um, Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for... uh, liking and following us on all the various social media networks if this is your first time listening and you haven't followed us on those you can always follow us on facebook instagram and twitter and subscribe to us on youtube Uh, we are on youtube so if you want to see our ugly mugs you can do so uh, on youtube just google cinna dash siblings like link um jamie go ahead and sign us out all right, this has been the Cine Siblings Podcast. Thanks for watching or listening. I'm Ian. I'm James. And until next time, go watch a new movie. Or enjoy an old one. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Cine Siblings Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Cine Siblings Pod.